0: broadcasting live from the phoenix business radio x studio in tempe arizona you are tuning into culture crush with kendra maples this podcast will dive into a variety of companies that are crushing it with a great company culture Welcome to another episode of the Culture Crush Business Podcast. On this podcast, we focus on everything surrounding businesses with a good company culture. We do a deep dive into companies that are crushing it with a great company culture. And we highlight resources that are out there to help lean into improving culture as well. As we get started today, today we get to do a little bit of a hybrid. We haven't done this in a little while, so I'm really excited To have one of my beautiful guests in person with me, and then one of my beautiful guests on the screen and virtually with us today. And that is a beautiful thing that we can do with technology and have these really in depth and authentic conversations about culture wherever you are, which is pretty rad. So, as we jump in today, I'm gonna introduce our guests, but then I'll hand it off to each of them to tell us a little bit more about themselves. So today's guests, we have Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, the Founder and Chief Meaningful Work Officer of People Forward Network. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. And then in studio today, we have Lindsay Martin, Market Manager with Desert Financial. Welcome. Thank you. Nikki, I'm going to let you take it away first. I want to hear a little bit about you, um, who you are, what you do, your work, and side note, I don't think I ever realized your title was Chief Meaningful Work Officer. And that is freaking phenomenal. And <laughs> I love that. So I'm gonna let you take it away first and tell us about you.
1: Yay. I always get a, a number of conversations <laughs> started because that title, and I'm like, oh, it's doing its job. I, I created it myself to really match uh the mission that I intend to serve every day. So I don't know how far back we want to go. I'll give you just the, I guess, the brief cliff notes. Um I grew up with parents that worked corporate America and always valued weekends and vacations. Work was sometimes called the rat race. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way that I knew work growing up. They did very well. I mean, I wouldn't say that they didn't like their jobs, but the the idea of like work-life harmony wasn't necessarily what I saw growing up. And as I got into the workforce, my first job post-master's degree was with an employee assistance program, an EAP, they call them many times. And that's like an addition to a benefits plan for those of you that don't know. And I was shocked that employers paid for services to help their people like We want to, you know, give you sessions to work with a coach to get better. Hey, if you're going through grief and loss, we want to help you. Like, make sure that you take the ample time off, and we're going to walk alongside so you can be a great person at home and at work. And I was like, what? I didn't even know that like things like this existed. I just didn't didn't grow up around that. And so, from the time of that very first job, when I had a master's degree in mental health and thought I was going to be a therapist on staff of this team. I fell in love with the opportunity to impact the workplace and helping people like leverage the workplace to be great and to like see that as something that fulfills them in any other area of their life. Like they go home a more energetic person. And so I've been working on that um, since, since I got out of college. And our mission at People Forward Network is to help all people experience meaningful work. And we do that in a number of ways. Podcasting is core to us. We use podcasting as a, a way to reach the masses and to educate leaders on what they need to know and what they want to know and to inspire them to lead their people to more meaningful work experiences, which just ties right into what you're doing with Culture Crush. So I'm excited to share more. Thank you. Yeah. Um, glad to be here.
0: Yay. We're excited. And I have I have some things we're going to jump into right away, question-wise, from what you said. One of the things you mentioned, though, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, and it's that kind of re- that route race, Feel right. My dad worked, he was a mechanic and a frame technician. And same thing, I don't think he necessarily loved the companies, but he did what he did, he liked what he did. But it was very much this kind of rat race, this competitive, figuring out, you know, do your job, come home kind of a thing. And so we do live in a different space. And I love that we have companies and have resources that are out there to help make it more meaningful. So it's not just, let me stamp my card in and stamp my card out and be done for the day, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. Thank you for giving us a little bit of that insight into your background. Lindsay, I'm going to jump over to you. Tell us about you and your role and yeah, just give us a little insight.
2: Yeah, sure. And thank you, Nikki, for sharing. That was I never even connected the dots that I grew up with a single mom, was a latchkey kid and didn't realize that she probably could have used an EAP back then, (laughs) you know, for several occasions. But um, so my name is Lindsay Martin. I'm with Desert Financial Credit Union. My current role is market manager. I oversee our North Peoria market of branches, so about 40 to 45 um, employees. And I've been with the organization for almost 17 years and um, have been in leadership for the majority of that time. And, you know, science proves this, but employee engagement creates, you know, a better work environment, more productivity. Um, and so it's just kind of always been in my DNA to create an environment where employees are engaged, where mm-hmm. I'm engaged. Um, and so without even attaching the name culture to or the branding to the activities or the things that we did. It just kind of fell in place with creating a company culture that people felt included and inspired and excited. And um, so I'm proud to say that, you know, Desert Financial as a whole has an incredible culture and and within our individual branch locations and departments, unique cultures to um, inspire and uh, rally the troops. And um, so I'm excited to be here.
0: Thank you for having me. I think in just you saying, that you've been there for 17 years. Like that right there is so impactful when it comes to this conversation of company culture and a people forward facing business and you know a human centered workplace if i would hope that if it wasn't something you you felt connected and loved and supported that you would have moved on. And so 17 years says a lot. So as we kind of jump into these topics and these conversations of culture and what is culture, you mentioned a little bit, right, before even putting a word to it, it is just kind of the feeling and the way that everyone's working together. With the progression that you have had in those 17 years, I want to hear a little bit of like when you started and versus now you being in that leadership role. Like, what did it look like when you were just starting there and the support, and now how you get to actually be part of really growing and developing the culture?
2: Yeah. Well, being at the financial institution for almost 17 years, this was pre-recession. Times were different back then. There was definitely community involvement. We did volunteer events. We did outside activities to bring the team together, team building, things like that. But then the recession hit and things got pretty, you know, dark for a while there. Um, But then once we were back to Black after the recession, it was party time and it was really investing in the employees and showing our gratitude for the work that we did during that that period. But I would say the biggest difference is now with more insight and resources available, we've been able to create subcommittees and just different um, spaces within the organization to amplify culture and create a variety of different employee engagement opportunities. Whereas when I first started, there really wasn't the capacity Mm -hmm. to, to organize or facilitate things like that. So now we have a much more organized structure for the type of culture activities that we implement.
0: So when we talk about the resources that we can tap into, and this question is, you know, for both of you, what does that look like with some of the resources that you see, some of the resources that you're trying to implement a little more? And Nikki, with you guys, I mean, you're partnering with companies all across the country and looking at those different resources to help amplify in certain areas. So I'd love to hear just a little bit about, you know, from both of your perspectives, like what are some, it doesn't have to be a particular resource, it could just be an area, right? Nikki, you guys are focusing on really making sure work is meaningful. What do these areas of improvement mean? What are some areas
1: that you've seen to try and improve and tap into further? Yeah, you know, I would say that across all areas of our lives, you know, a key challenge is communication. And uh, it's definitely very big in the workplace. And so, you know, you think about an initiative and uh, Lindsay, one of the things I wanna hear in the 17 years you've been there, because that's incredible, um, your most proud initiative that you've launched and like how that's gone. So I wanna come back to that. But as far as, you know, the different initiatives that, that you could launch, communication is so key to anything working. And, you know, whether it's a new, new initiative or my belief that relationships trump everything, if people have strong relationships with their leader and their peers, they're going to be in a better place. Like they they can open up, they can speak up, they can, you know, share a challenge and and they can embrace failure and all these things. And so all that to say, we found that communication has just been a massive struggle. And so we've figured out one of the cores to us is innovation, like what is needed? And we've been bringing podcasting to solve the communication challenges. Most everyone today, especially, you know, we're here in an audio platform right now you know, we build relationships with podcast hosts that we've never met. We we have a guest experience on a podcast and we're like, I love this chick or <laughs> this guy is so awesome. And we can do the same thing inside of our companies through audio, a podcast, mm-hmm. have a direct relationship building opportunity with one of the leaders that you think is so suit and tie and you don't know them. Let's give an opportunity to really get to know and go behind who they are and build a relationship or hey, we keep hearing about Martha in in Miami and how great she is. Let's recognize Martha and let's have Martha teach us how she's doing what she's doing through the medium that most people use today, which is a podcast. So gone are the days of like intranets or Mm -hmm. let's send another email or let's try to get everybody together. It's so hard to do. Let's meet them where they are and bring on-demand opportunities, you know, through podcasting. Mm -hmm. So that's been a big challenge that we're trying to solve and still trying to figure it out.
0: And when you're talking about podcasting, you're talking about it in terms of internally for businesses to yeah. have a podcast that connects with their people, shares stories, like you said, it gets out of the image of that, that guy only is a suit and tie guy, like, let's show the, the human side of him. So how does that work as far as with it being the podcast is more of the company, it's internal, it's internal. Is it shared externally? Like how, tell us a little bit more about how the podcasting goes with the companies that you're working
1: with. Yeah, so um, all of them are built on a strategy based on, you know, what's needed and most priority for that employer. So there's a lot of strategy done up front and it's really in four core pieces. One is executive or leadership communication for clarity of vision and where are we going and what's most needed to make sure everybody understands and what are the stories we want others to replicate. So that's number one. Number two is recognition and replication having having greatness inside your organization teach the others so let's highlight them recognize them and then also have them teach so that's the second pillar third is the customer impact that we make our clients that that impact or the community impact how many times do we hear that that employees you know you're doing what you do but you don't see the impact you're not client facing you're not you're, you're not hearing the stories and that can so much fire up a person like just to hear okay all of what I'm doing is really ripple and impacting this and to hear those stories. So those customer stories are community impact. And then fourth is development content. So gone are the days is like, I have to be in person for an all day learning event. And, you know, but what if you could break this up and do it on demand and we could pipe in our clip, our Gallup Clifton strength stuff into this, and you can do it on, on your own time. So that's kind of our structure of like the types of content. And then we strategize how we do that and coincide with their initiatives. And then as you can guess, that being a private podcast, so it's private just for internal employees. Mm -hmm. There's things on there that we're like, Heck yeah, we want to share this with the world. The marketing team over here would love to tell that customer story. I love to tell uh, Martha in Miami, like we have a, seg- a piece of this that says why she loves working here so much. Mm-hmm. Let's tell people so that other people want to work here. And so it's a primarily private focus measurables on the back end to be able to see the engagement and, cre- and we have two-way communication strategy. Mm-hmm. But then let's take some of that and then use it on the external for our own marketing and, and engagement with the community. That's beautiful. And
0: just being able to tell the story. One of the groups that we had on the podcast last when we recorded is Best Companies AZ. And that's literally there, you guys are a, a partner of theirs. And that's literally what they do is they help these companies tell the story, right, in various ways and through various helping with various awards and things like that, so that you're not just building that great culture, you're also telling people that you have a great culture, right? It's one thing, Lindsay, if you love your job and you've been there for 17 years, but let's tell everybody else, right? Because that in itself is a marketing tactic, a recruitment tactic. Like All of that is just in that space of telling the story, right? And so I want to jump, Lindsay, to you. One, Nikki, you had a question for her about her one of her most proud initiatives. Is that what your question was?
1: Yeah, just in 17 yeah. years, like, I'm just curious, like, what's the one thing that stands out that you got a hand in leading and seeing it come to fruition? And it's just it's just a proud moment for you to talk about it.
2: There are just, there's so many. And it's, it's really hard to like pinpoint because I feel like after this, I'm gonna be like, oh, why didn't I say that? But the thing that just keeps coming to mind, especially with the theme on culture, would be our employee resource groups, so our employee-led resource groups. So we have our multicultural, we have our professional development, and then our mental wellness. So I serve on the leadership of our mental wellness employee resource group, and so it's been such a reward to support people from all lines of business, all various backgrounds, um, and, and have a central commonality that they can come together and, and feel included and, and appreciated and so I certainly wasn't the brains behind the operation but honored and proud to have been a part of that inception and and continued support of the employee resource groups
0: with That's those awesome. employee resource groups how do you how do you really get the team and the staff connected I mean I've talked with some, companies. And, and when you talk to the staff about ERGs, they kind of like shrug it off, like, eh, whatever, this thing I have to do, right? But I know that you lead the mental health one, you said, and that's, I mean, a huge piece of this whole work-life balance, harmony, whatever you want to call it, right? The importance of mental health resources. So I want to hear more about that piece. But then also, how do you, how does Desert Financial really just try and get the Staff connected and and actually wanting to be part of it, and that way it's not just another like oh here's another
2: thing I have to do. Yeah, sure. So um, there's Nikki touched on the communication piece, and that's huge to bridge the gap. And and so there's a, a you know varying ways that we try to communicate, but um, we've got new hire orientation. We're there. We kind of talk to all the new hires. Here's the resource groups available to you. Um, you can be as involved or as least involved as you'd like, which mm-hmm. is one of the benefits. Um, you can show up to one meeting a year, or you can be at every single meeting and every single event that we host. Um, it's really just up to, you know, their desire and, and their bandwidth. Um I would say the new hire orientation. We also do frequent, um, not an intranet, uh, so to speak, but it's kind of like a social, like an inter-social media that we have, um, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like our hub for communication. So it looks very much kind of like a Facebook feed or a LinkedIn feed would Mm -hmm. look. And so that's where any employee at any point in time can go to this feed, see what events are happening. Um, And that's kind of a big piece to the culture of Desert Financial and how we kind of keep everything in one space. Um, But, within that, um, that, well, it's called the union. So I'll call it, you know, its mm-hmm. name. So through the union, there's a ton of resources where people can go learn about the ERG, sign up for the ERGs. That's where we post events. For the mental wellness, we do a Monday moments every Monday where it's a different topic that we kind of just shed some light on. And so that's kind of the ways that we get out. In addition to that, we really try to focus on the leadership of all of the areas to empower and encourage their teams and also support their teams to attend said meetings so that mm-hmm. way they feel that support they can you know take that hour away from their day job to focus on their themselves and their personal development
0: that's beautiful and especially with that encouragement from leadership how does that look i feel like we have these conversations a lot in the culture space of being in person and hybrid and all of that. But I'm I'm thinking of your job. You can be all over the place supporting your team. But then I'm also thinking, what about like that frontline bank teller? Like they very much have to be in person at the counter in order to do their job. So what does that look like supporting somebody like that to be able to then take time that's really outside of what their physical, actual in-person, in-seat job is.
2: Yeah. So that's the biggest challenge Mm -hmm. organizationally is getting our frontline employees, uh, really the employees that report under my team, um, giving them that opportunity. And that's on my roadmap actually for 2024 to figure out different ways to meet our frontline employees where they are. So what that looks like, I have some ideas, but nothing is, you know, really figured out. But Like I said, it comes down to the communication piece. So their Mm -hmm. leaders are encouraged to accommodate these. And so the employee would basically say, hey, I need to get off the line from this amount of time um, on this date or, hey, I'm going to go to this event. So it's paid time, um, Mm -hmm. but just schedule me accordingly so I don't have to be in that seat on the teller line. Um, But we very much have an opportunity to increase the participation in those resource groups from our frontline employees. And so, like I said, it's something that I, you know, I have on the roadmap for next year to to better tap into. Mm -hmm. Um, But for now, the leader's for those frontline employees that are interested in participating, the leaders have been very accommodating, but we have an opportunity to increase that headcount.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that it's part of your roadmap. That's the other piece of this is it's all we're learning, we're growing, we're figuring out all the pieces, right? Nikki, from the days where your parents were in this rat race and just trying to put money, you know, in the bank and food on the table. How do we really amplify the people? How do we support them and how do we make it more meaningful? Um, Nikki, I know that we've talked about this before is like, what does it mean to really have meaningful work? Like, you know, you're, we're doing these things to help, but really what does that even mean? Like what's meaningful work? How do we try and help people find this meaningful work?
1: Yeah. And I think it's a, every individual is different on what's Mm -hmm. important to them and how do you scale the ability to tap into every individual person and what is meaningful work to them. Years ago, I was in a session that I've always kept this with me that, you know, there's really four quadrants of of meaningful work. Like the center of of this is is a heart and these things branch out. We all have different percentages of these, but it's you know, some people work for purpose, some people work for status, some people work for money and some people work for influence and -hmm. some people work all four and there's a percentage, some are two, right? Um, But if we just look at that as like this, this guide um, and then breaking those things down to understand, okay, when it comes to money, I I remember being in a session talking about this one time and somebody had kind of a snippy comment about, you know, well, somebody's here just working for money. And there was a gentleman that stood up in the back and I love that he told the story. He said, I just want to give you a different perspective on where you're coming from with money. Uh, 10 years ago or whatever, my wife and I decided that we wanted to homeschool. She quit her job and I said, I am going to work. You're going to homeschool. We have six kids. And so my main reason for my work for our family is money. Like mm-hmm. I have to make sure over anything else because I'm the only one taking care of the family. All of these other things are important to me, but it is my number one driver. And he said that and it was like, I love this story because you never know. Just be curious about somebody's come from, and then really tap into what that is for them. So, how do we do it? And mm-hmm. it's like every leader, <laughs> even frontline managers, like that sometimes get overlooked. It's like they're the ones that are really impacting the majority. How are we enabling them to build relationships and have conversations to understand what's important to all of the people that they lead, and then help them keep that stuff top of mind, right? Because that's what keeps people coming back, like having relationships and having meaningful work, but everybody's different.
0: Yeah. And I love that story and that that gentleman stepped up to say that. What are the four areas you said again? Purpose, status, money, Mm -hmm. and influence. Okay, perfect. Um, Because even, I mean, let's be real. Even if there is purpose and influence and status involved, at some point— Money has to be a piece of it. I mean, today you have to have money to live, even if you're, you know, your quadrant is influence. Okay, well, how can you influence and how can you help? A lot of times that's through money. So this financial piece is really important. I just went to a session a couple of weeks ago about conscious wealth and conscious, you know, choices on your funds, depending on, you know, like you said, with these four quadrants, there's There's different areas that people are coming from, but I love, like you said, that that gentleman was like, hey, I need to make money (laughs) so that we can support our family in other ways. Their other quadrant is, you know, probably purpose and influence with the wife helping do the homeschooling and stuff. And yeah, it's it's a piece of it. And I feel like at the root, when we're talking about company culture, too— Yes, it is great to have all of these things, but literally all of these people are working for you to pay bills and to yeah. exist in life. I've worked with a couple of companies that have been wanting to improve culture, and as I've done some digging, they're like not even paying people on time, and I'm like, "Whoa. The, that's like step 1. It doesn't yeah. matter what they're in this for. That's step 1, right? So yeah. That balance of having it be meaningful, understanding what's meaningful to them, and then at the end of the day, like, they are there to have a job and, and make money and just in, exist in society. Um, so I love that there's all of these other pieces that you guys are both doing to truly impact people and provide the resources and and all of that.
2: Um I was just going to step in on the meaningful work a little bit. And so um, at Desert Financial, one of the things that we focus on is their purpose. Mm -hmm. What is your purpose? You know, so it could be one of these Mm. four things, or it could be like the gentleman, you know, shared with you. And so once they have their purpose defined, it makes that work a little bit more meaningful and then tying back that bottom line. So your work and your purpose created this. Look Mm -hmm. at all that you are contributing to the organization. So being able to share that with employees. Every year we do an all employee event um, where we get the entire 1200 population together under one roof, like conference style. Mm -hmm. So we've got like a main stage and then we have different various breakout sessions. And so for these frontline employees, maybe Mm -hmm. some of them have been there for three days. Maybe some of them have been there for 30 years, um, but it gives everybody an opportunity to be in the same space the energy is just wild when, yeah. when we just had it, um, October 9th. So it's, it's very fresh and and it was actually themed passport to purpose. And so it was all about identifying your purpose. And then we were able to tie back all of the cool things and, and the true meaning of their work and what it does for the organization. And because we're not non-for-profit, we're able to support the community. So it's not only what you do for the organization, but what you do for the members you serve and the community you serve. And so, although people probably, you know, definitely fall within one of those four areas. I think sometimes it, it could be mm-hmm. a, a simple thing that we just never even considered.
0: And the fact that you're asking is so important because, like you said, you, it might be something little. It might be, I need to do this job so my dog has a backyard, like <laughs> whatever it is. Um, but we're not going to know these things unless we take the moment to ask. People are people. We do things for different reasons. We do things at different times at our own pace. And so I love that your conference was called Passport to Purpose because—not conference,
2: but, like, group—I don't know what you would call We call them the all-employee event. All so employee I'm thinking event. we need a different a different name to simplify that. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: but yes, your all-employee event, Passport to Purpose, and that you're asking your people— when you're asking your teams, are you seeing things that you kind
2: of assumed as far as their purpose for their job, or are there some outliers that you're like, never would have guessed this? Most you can assume, and I think the benefit of that is our leaders are very engaged and tuned into their their employees. And so they should know kind of or have an idea of mm-hmm. what category or where they, they fall. But there are certainly some unique circumstances, um, but the majority are doing it for the right reasons, which is serving our community, serving our members. And so, once that passion is identified, mm-hmm. the the rest falls into place. So the key is hiring for passion and not for monetary gain. It's it's you're. I mean, obviously that's a big component. People mm-hmm. have to have that backyard for their lovely dogs, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, it really is um, just finding the right fit, so that way they stay long term and also finding what their strengths are and aligning their strengths to their work. And so if mm-hmm. I you know, don't like talking to people face-to-face, then a teller role probably wouldn't be best for me. But there's probably a back-end you know, position that has nothing to do with face-to-face contact, but certainly serves a huge purpose for the organization. So finding out what their strengths are, what their passion is, and aligning that uh, through talent management mm-hmm. is, is probably another component to keeping people within their purpose and satisfied.
0: Have you noticed this as an area of growth over the last few years, more so than in the past? And Nikki, for you too, and the companies that you're supporting, I f- I feel like people are having more open conversations, very upfront in an interview process too, right? Of this is what I want, this is what I need, and they. They don't even necessarily care as much about the pay level. It really is about the job that they're doing and then being supported, feeling valued, feeling heard, right? That connection piece. So are you seeing this, and for both of you, right, an area that we've grown over the last, I would say, few years, as opposed to if we're looking back 20 years again, right, with our parents working, Um, is that something that you see as more of a a space now that we're growing in a lot more.
2: Yeah, I think it's generational shift as well, yeah. right? And so um you know the the generation that are, you know, primary workforce, they do relate more to those feel good um aspects. Another thing is I think benefits are huge, monetary and non-monetary mm. benefits. So what I mean by that is sure, there's the health insurance and the 401k and the dental insurance and all that great stuff. But then there's the non-monetary benefits, like being able to go and volunteer in the community whenever you'd like. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a program called Random Acts of Kindness. So being able to, you know, take off for an hour to go make somebody's day and do something random. Um, And so there's just a bunch of different opportunities that are non-monetary that get people involved with the culture, Mm -hmm. provide a benefit, provide a work-life balance, um, but it's not included in their hourly pay, I would say, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: That's beautiful. Nikki, what about with some of the companies that you guys are working with? Obviously, you have your structure of how you're supporting their own kind of internal communication, but you are, you're like, the, you get to be like the spy into some of these companies and really learn how to help them. What do you see with some of the companies that you're working with?
1: Yeah, I definitely think in the past four years, things have really ramped up with the priority of mm-hmm. innovation to drive engagement. Like when it comes to unique benefits, like Lindsay was talking about, just how are we tapping into things that align with our core values and uh, you know our brand that we want to put out there that that attract people that what is it that they want? And yes, the generations at work have changed that so much, um, but I've just seen such a bigger priority put on the spend to invest in, in culture, initiatives, Um, attract, retain, develop, all the things, which has been awesome to see. I would say I have never seen as much innovation Mm -hmm. accepted or almost like we have to have innovation. It's like a priority in workplaces now, which I love. I think like our team is so focused on that as one of our core values. So I love that we get to do that internally and then Mm -hmm. share like things that we come up with um, with others. But yeah, I mean, I think more people are embracing it, prioritizing it, and then innovation is just a must now.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a must and it's also more accepted, right? Yeah. So we have the opportunity to try new things. The random acts thing, I think that's so rad. And think about it from... The business perspective, it's only an hour or two out, right? Like, but you're allowing them to take a break, take a moment, go do something for somebody else, allow them that chance to give back and allow
2: them that chance to maybe even just like take a breather in the day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And so, for instance, tomorrow is International Credit Union Day. And so, each branch has a budget of $400 to do whatever they want for the members for that day. So, I've heard some branches um, made some gift baskets. Some did flower bouquets. Some did gift cards, you know. So, as members come in, it's like, hey, cheers, International Credit Union Day. And so, we we classify that as a random act of kindness day because Mm -hmm. you're literally changing somebody's... They're walking in with one impression and then you're giving them something for free that they're not expecting. And so, um, that's an element to the random acts of kindness, but it's, it's very much employees submit ideas and it mm. could be anything. It's complete, it's random. I could say, Kendra is so sweet. I really want to get her a new pair of Halloween earrings because her Halloween earrings are so cute. That could be a random act of kindness and it's, you know, it doesn't cost a whole lot, but it sure would make your day. Right. Yeah. So, so there's budgets aligned and, and it's, you know, worked into the budget, uh, that we can do things like this and engage Mm -hmm. our employees in these activities. So to me, that's such a big piece of our culture is having them remove themselves from the the day-to-day business and go out and, make somebody's day, cheer mm-hmm. somebody up. Like our last random act of kindness was at one of the branches you visited and we just paid for a snow cone truck to sit out front. And so as members are coming and going, hey, get a snow cone. You know, this was like 110 degrees. I don't know why I was out there, but you know, cause I was rallying the troops. But yeah, I mean, so such a random little initiative makes our membership happy, but our employees are feeling that satisfaction of giving back.
0: Yeah. And it's the giving back. And then it's, it's I feel like just mixing it up so it's
2: out of the norm,
0: right? It's not that typical, here's my day, I clock in, I'm a teller, I clock out, right? Um, When Lindsay mentions that I went to her branches, um, I went to the branches not as me. (laughs) So uh, speaking of random, I went to two of the branches with Lindsay. This was actually the first time I had met her in person and I was dressed as the Easter bunny. And so (laughs) it was something that, Culture Crush business, we decided to do, again, it was kind of a random idea. Our marketing gal rolled with it. And I was like, well, this is craziness. And we reached out to all of our partners and to see who wanted us to kind of stop by and do a random Easter Bunny visit. Again, something new, something different. It just kind of, you know, throws you off a little bit. But to see the different locations I visited and to see how embracing people were, the Easter bunny was like
2: all over that bank, <laughs> like hopping around, hopping around, basket in tow, bas- throwing candy at the tellers. Um, That's but so they loved it, they loved every minute, and so did our members. That's the cool thing about the community, yeah. is our members are in the culture with us, and so they loved seeing you. They loved to interact. I haven't seen adults smile so genuinely for something so simple as that in a really long time. So. Yeah.
0: And and for me when I came at it from the perspective of Culture Crush is a resource to sh- essentially share all the other resources, right? So going into a business, these people had no idea, right? They didn't know I was going to show up. And I had never met you before and you just like I showed up, I was in my truck, I had my head, put my head on, (laughs) and she just came over, grabbed my arm. I was like, okay, I'll be your guide. And she was talking to everyone and talking about culture crush and the Easter Bunny. And that to me, right off the bat, tells me about the culture of, of you, of your company, of your customers. The fact, like you said, the customers are part of the culture. I could tell that in the first few minutes, right? There were some of the stops that we did that were great stops, but they were very quick. Like, oh, take a picture with the Easter Bunny. Cool, thanks so much, bye, right? And then there were other stops like this with your customers I got to interact with. There, were, there was one of the stops we made to Catholic Education of Arizona, and one of their staff members, an adult woman, had never met the Easter Bunny before. And so she was like, Almost in tears. She was so excited. And here I was just like, this is just a rant. I had an outfit. Long story of why, so don't ask. But I had this outfit um, in the family for this Easter Bunny costume. And just to see how everybody was just so embracing of this random thing, right? That, to me, just really shows the culture of everybody. So I have to just tell you from day one, I was a huge fan of you. Oh. And Desert Financial. And just like you said, the people, it was the tellers, it was the customers, no one was weirded out that this random bunny was coming up to them. (laughs) Everyone was really open to it. And so I think, again, it really, it shows a lot of what you guys are doing in that sense of you're allowing there to be the flexibility and adding in a little bit of randomness and, and kindness with everybody that's there. You know, however we can kind of mix up the day-to-day
2: And, and you guys did a great job. So you did too. You passed the test. We should mention it was the week before Easter. So it wasn't just last (laughs) week or anything like that. This, it was relative (laughs) to the time of year. This is, I was
1: going to ask that. I was like, wait, Easter bunny win? yeah. add on to the randomness, but that's hilarious. And then Lindsay, I was just thinking when you go share this episode or the, or this segment with your people, you're like, Hey, by the way, that was the Easter Bunny, yeah. right? Because yeah. maybe people didn't see behind the mask, but hey, they were asking version. me.
2: I tried so hard. They were like, "Who is that?" And they were guessing. They they were for sure who she was, thinking it was like a different employee. So yeah, you're right. This will be the great reveal. Yeah. I will
0: I will actually have to send this to one of our partners. Um, I'm a Culture Crush is a champion partner for STN, which is Social Transformation Network. So it's all about positive media, and I showed up as the Easter bunny, the day that they were doing a videotaping. So I showed up during their tech rehearsal and no one that was, I didn't have a guide walking me through. So I literally just showed up and the one who coordinated it wasn't there. So watching their team embrace this Easter bunny and take pictures and their CEO to this day, maybe not now, if he's watching this, had no idea that it was me. And I, Left there, ran home, changed, got my ish together, came back that evening, and I was like, "Oh, how was your day?" And he's like, "The weirdest thing happened today." I was like, "What?" And he told me about the Easter Bunny. I was like, "That's so weird!" And everybody knew except for him. <laughs> and so I was like, "These That's are those great. moments of just—that's great." Yeah, so I'll have to, I'll have to share that with with yeah. them as well. It'll be the the big reveal. Mm-hmm but then I might have to put a note in the podcast notes of don't let your children listen to this episode. We're going to ruin dreams. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, aside from Easter bunnies, although maybe this is kind of a segue in, we've talked a little bit about meaning and purpose, and I think it ties in so much with the connection piece and the importance of knowing your people. Desert Financial, you guys asking your people for their input and their ideas, right? And then Nikki, you just went on vacation. And so you've got a team that had to roll with you being gone, right? What does that culture look like? So I just want to hear, there's not necessarily a framed question behind this, but I just wanted to bring in this conversation of connection, right? There's meaning, there's purpose. And then the true connection with your employees, your staff, your leaders, right? Top down, down up, and just the importance behind really connecting with people instead of just show up, do your job, and leave, right? I'm opening it up. I don't have a framed question
1: behind this. I just wanted to loop it in. Sure. Two things came to mind. One fresh in my mind from yesterday, just knowing, like, there's a lot of things happening in our world. Like, I feel like it just keeps escalating and all these things. And every person comes from a different place with that. You know, Mm -hmm. like I have one person on my team that has a husband that could get deployed and, Mm -hmm. you know, someone else that has another story. And so just having time for us to gather in small groups and just talk, like, Hey, how you doing? Like if whatever you want to share, or if you want to support, like just these informal get togethers. And sometimes maybe they have a topic, um, but just just to support each other and have topics that people can jump in on like that. We just did that yesterday, yesterday. And so it's really top of mind for me. The other that we do when I was talking earlier about having a relationship with each person and knowing their purpose and what matters for them. It's like, that sounds amazing, but how the heck do we scale that? Mm-hmm. One of the things that we do is each person every quarter, and it could be more you can do whatever cadence you want, but it's just this quick check-in that um, we do directly. So if you think larger organization, it could be leaders to their direct team. We we learned this tool called the Purpose Gap Matrix, and it's five questions. And it's on, you rank on a scale of one to five. So I'll just run through the questions. It's my work uses my abilities one no, five, all the way. My The way I get to work fulfills me. No, absolutely, all the way. Three, my rewards for my work are great, one to five. Uh, four, I feel capable in the work that I'm doing, one to five. And my work is advancing my career, one to five. So then each person, and that can always change, right? Life changes and a scenario happens mm-hmm. and throws things off. So regularly checking in and it's like, what's your number, here's five, you're a three. If you gave it a three, can you help understand where the gap is? And then they're kind of providing the opportunity to guide that change plan, like Mm -hmm. what's needed um, for that leader to be able to have that conversation with them. So I've loved that ever since I learned it. And we've been doing it for the past couple of years. That's
0: fantastic. And I'm surprised and also really appreciative of the fact that one of those questions is about the way you get to work. I feel like we, you just appear there. No one really thinks about <laughs> the traffic or the, the bus or dropping kids off to school and all of the pieces that factor in literally just getting there to show up. I've had a couple gentlemen on the podcast that are, are blind. And so there's a very different start to their day if they have to be in the office They, I'll be a huge supporter of hybrid workplace and remote workplace just because of the accessibility piece that I've learned from David and Blake with if they can just stay home where they have all their equipment and all of their stuff, then they get to start the day and just start the day like everyone else. Whereas if they have to be in the office, they now have to figure out who can take them. How do they get there? Is it a Lyft or an Uber? And then there's different tools that they need to make sure that that's the right vehicle they're getting in and just all of the pieces that go into them actually getting to the office. So the fact that that's one of your questions of just
1: the the way you get there. Yeah. Well, and I think that that can be taken in so many ways, mm -hmm. like the way I get to work. So the way, like if I thrive working from home or if I thrive in an office, Mm -hmm. like, or how my, like you said, the transportation to get there or do I interact with people a ton the mm-hmm. way I'm getting to work, you know, versus I really am better limited, like customer interaction and supporting like that whole, just the, the big picture of how I get to do my work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, and I think all five questions give such a big opportunity for us to be curious on how people take the question, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. We
2: do uh, a survey twice a year called the voice of the employee. And there's different Mm -hmm. categories, employee satisfaction, employee engagement, retention, things like that. And so the questions vary and it's um, maybe 20, 30 questions total, but it really does give a snapshot and measurable to see how we've done from period over period. And then the snapshot we're able to take that, compile it, and create action plans based on the feedback. And so that's made monumental changes for the organization, but also down to each department and branch level. Mm -hmm. So I can look at the organization as a whole, or I can look specifically to my team or a region of one of my teams to find out how they're feeling and do we need to, you know, is there an opportunity for engagement to better retain these folks, whatever that looks like. So I'm a big fan of the surveying. I like that you guys do it, you know, face-to-face or in person. Um, and then I was just going to touch on the, um, the the piece earlier, and just say I think vulnerability is is huge mm-hmm. from the leader down, and I think. Um, it was always taboo. You couldn't be a leader and you couldn't be vulnerable because then you were weak. But I think to really engage employees and show their value and make that connection with them, you have to be vulnerable yourself and you have to, you know, have some humility and let them know a little piece of your life, your personal life. So that way they're comfortable to share when things come, you know, across and and they know that they can lean on you or leverage you for for advice or just support. Um, So I think definitely being vulnerable from a leadership standpoint and encouraging that among your teams, you're going to get that, that better connection and engagement. And then the surveying piece, too, to have the actual data to measure and, and act on.
0: And the neat thing is that we have these different surveys and things in place now to actually put some data and some metrics to it. You know, years ago, it was culture was fluffy and gray and no one, you know, how do you how do you test this or how do you, you know, put metrics to it? And now there are so many different areas and so many different components um, and resources to actually have some metrics to understand where your staff and where your employees are coming from. Lindsay, I'm really glad that you then said that about the vulnerability and and the humility piece being humans. We are we are humans. And if we can have these conversations with our teams and we understand where they're coming from, Um, Nikki, you said something a a little bit ago, and it, it reminded me, I worked for a company years ago, great company, great company culture. I had done a yearly training and it had been like five years I had done this training, same training, right? I missed it one year. I had asked for the day off so that I could see my boyfriend leave on deployment, and then fast forward nobody said anything it was fine given the day off 6 months later on my review i was written up for missing a training that day for literally a, a moment in life that like that was me that <laughs> and nobody understood it and i had one leader in our company that like washed it off of my hr report and all of this for me missing this training because it wasn't i didn't just miss a training like there was a very big moment in my life that I needed to be there for. And so that that humility, that just understanding and connecting with each other and understanding that we're people, we have things, right? Having that humility and understanding each other allows us to go deeper in those moments and understand. I didn't just bail on a training, although I had done this training five times, but there was meaning behind it, right? So just, I... I share that as kind of this final, you know, Nikki, you said something that triggered that. And I just love that this conversation leaned into vulnerability and purpose and connection and all of these words that my dad never would have used to explain his workplace 30 years ago, right? So it makes me feel really good in this space of company culture that we're making these things happen. The change is happening. I am so extremely proud of both of you and also thankful for both of you for being part of this conversation today. Sometimes I I throw people in. I'm like, hey, we're just going to have a conversation. I was like, ah, what are the questions? I'm like, I don't have them. <laughs> we're just talking. So I appreciate both of you for just being part of all of this today.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. And shout out, Nikki, incredible title, but also (laughs) incredible business. And I I think that you can provide a lot of value and resource to a lot of organizations. So
1: thank you for the work that you do. Yeah. Thank you. And it's been awesome to hear. It's just, you know, to hear somebody that's been at the same company for 17 years and uh, shines talking about the programming, like it's so unique and That's, it's just awesome. So um, I hope to get to know you better, Lindsay. Yeah. Thank Mm -hmm. you. So as
0: we wrap up, I have one last question that I want to ask you both. You've both shared a little bit about your work and the work that you do being there for 17 years. Nikki, with you creating this too, I'd love to know if you could summarize your own company culture from your perspective. If you could summarize it into one word, or maybe two if you need, but <laughs> one word to kind of summarize your own team and, you know, your own company, what would it be?
1: I would say collaborative is the first word or like the the top word. I think of a lot of words, but uh, collaborative, um, we have a, just everyone jumps in and helps each other and... You know, we are very open. We've created something called a culture code that allows everyone to really behave in a way that we all just appreciate each other and we're curious about each other. And I will be curious as we continue to grow and add more and more people. How does that culture code how long does that take to help everybody feel this, this collaboration that we feel right now? We're getting ready to hire two new people. So we'll have a good test soon to be able to, to see. But yeah, collaborative, and I'm so proud of the team we have. That's a beautiful word. That's a good choice.
2: I like that. The word that keeps coming to me, I kept trying to change it, but it just keeps <laughs> coming to me is community. So I mm-hmm. think, you know, we're so we're local credit union, and so we're so we're so ingrained in the community that we serve, but also creating a community among our teams and making sure that everybody has a place and they feel included and they're a part of something greater. So community is the word that stands out to me regarding the desert financial culture.
0: And I think that's a, a great word for you guys, especially as we've talked about the culture being the employees and then also the culture being the, the customers that come. It really is a community. It's not just the staff. It's it's everybody. I think that's beautiful, a beautiful word. Um, As we wrap up, I want to make sure if folks are listening and they want to learn more about both of you lovely ladies, they can reach you. So Nikki, I'm going to start with you. If folks are listening and they are wanting to get in touch, learn more about you, People Forward Network, how can they reach you?
1: Yeah, I I think LinkedIn is probably best, Uh, Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, or you could email me directly at Nikki at peopleforwardnetwork.com.
2: Beautiful. And Lindsay? I would agree. I think LinkedIn is going to be the easiest. Um, and then my email is a little too long to to probably spell out or, re, or, or spell out on on the mic, but um, LinkedIn would be easiest. And then we can kind of go from there.
0: Perfect. And people can always reach out to us and then we make connections all of the time. So thank you again, both of you for coming into this conversation and just Being ready and you know willing to lean into an open conversation with no set questions, but based around, you know, purpose, meaning, culture, connection. So thank you again to both of you.
2: Yes, thank you both.
0: Thank you. And to everyone else, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Culture Crush Business Podcast. Culture Crush Business is your hub for company culture resources. We do deep dives, we work with teams, and then we actually do assessments, plans, and then help them get to a point of really thriving. We do that through the community. Again, that word, right? It's all collaboration and matching with the right resources. So we find those right resources for companies to support you. So thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of Culture Crush the only podcast out there that does a deep dive of companies that are crushing it with a great company culture. If you think your company has a strong culture that should be highlighted, please reach out to Kendra Maples on LinkedIn or email us at culturecrushpodcast at gmail.com.